0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts to the truth, and that you would release those tonight, Father, that are in bondage. You would heal the brokenhearted, you would encourage those that are in a state of hopelessness, and you would minister by your Spirit. Father, we thank you for all the fruit tonight. And we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Go ahead and be seated, everybody. Tonight I want to minister to you on the topic, failure isn't final. Say it with me. Failure isn't final. In other words, it's never final when you continue to believe in God, in his grace, in his power to deliver you. It's only final when we quit believing in the midst of a trial and tonight I'm preaching this because I believe that many of us are in this bowl of difficulties right now and you got to realize that your faith will never fail if you keep trusting in God keep looking to him that your failure which seems to be at this point or that point in your life is only a stepping stone it's only a hesitation to greater things the greatest you've ever seen in your life is just ahead of you. But you've got to believe. You've got to continue to believe and not be enveloped by the doubt that's in this world. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's a verse. It says this, that when we are tempted, God won't let us be tempted beyond what we can take. The word temptation is also the same Greek word for trials. So we could translate it this way. That... God will not allow you to go through a trial without you also providing for you a way out of the trial. And in the Greek, it's actually talking about a narrow path between a mountain pass. In other words, God will always give you a way out of your trouble. If you keep trusting in Him, keep believing in Him, keep following Him with all your heart, He will always give you a path out of it, but you have to continue to believe and not withdraw and not doubt but believe because failure is never final when you're in faith it only seems like it's not working but if you stay in faith it will eventually bring the miracle into your life that you desire and the one that your family needs and their family needs now I want you to look at this verse with me look over in Isaiah 38 and I'm going to teach you something to start with that I think will really help you and that is to teach you the difference between prophecy that is predictions of behavior and prophecy that is set and can't be changed. Look what this story says. It says, in those days Hezekiah was sick near, near death. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, this says the Lord, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go, tell Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Syria and I will defend this city now in the story he gives him a sign and the sign is the sundial is going to turn back and that's going to be the sign that he's actually going to be given an additional 15 years I want you to see the severity of the situation he's in a war with another army they're more powerful than he is and then to make matters worse he gets sick and the sickness is quite severe in his life and the problem is that Hezekiah doesn't have a legacy he doesn't have a son to hand his legacy down and so he, he, the prophet tells him get your house in order which means get your, get your affairs fixed up because you're not going to make it now that is a prophetic word that came from the Holy Spirit but notice, he doesn't settle for that failure. Instead, he prays in faith for it to be changed. And God hears his prayer and adds to him 15 years. And within that 15 years, he gets an heir. And his legacy is passed on. Plus, a little bonus on top they win the battle, they will win the war. Amen? But what I want you to see is that there is a type of prophecy in Scripture where God basically says if you keep doing the things you're doing right now for this period of time it's going to result in this kind of action it's a predictive prophecy that if you stay in a certain mode you're in it's going to result in this there's prophecy on the other hand that can't be changed but I would say the majority of your future is determined by your faith there's things in history that that Jesus won't change but the majority of what can happen in your life can be changed by your faith in other words if you don't lay down and just accept what's going on say Lord I'm going to seek mercy for this because Lord I'm not receiving your best in this situation and I want to receive your best in this situation and you press in and you pray that's why failure cannot be final when you stay in faith even if the verdict is death, God still pours out grace. So you follow me? We need to be the type of people that will determine to ourselves that, listen, my best days are yet to come. And I want to say this prophetic to all of you, that the best you've seen is not what you've experienced yet. That isn't the best you'll ever see. Think about David people say well the best he had when he slew Goliath no the best he had when he was crowned king over Israel and the best he had over that is when his son Solomon and him put in billions of dollars for the offering to build the temple and David saw the temple rebuilt that had been uh, destroyed years before in a level of grandeur and, a, and it was called the golden years of Israel those were the best days and they were still one day got better after another day and I want you to say that things are getting better because I'm in faith. Things are, I'm getting healthier because things are in faith. I'm getting more prosperous because think. Are you going to help me here tonight, church? Yeah. I believe that our faith needs to be like that because the best that you're going to have in your life has not yet arrived if you would just believe that your failures cannot be final. As long as I believe in God... God there's enough grace there's enough favor in my life that God can do what he needs to do and touch what he needs to touch and bring me to the place that he needs to bring me to in my life and he'll do that tonight for every one of you now I'm going to show you some truth tonight that I believe will make it very very easy for you to be blessed are you following me and I want you to write this down it's a very important truth negativity will make you subject to the curses that are on this world being positive will make you subjects of God that are on this world in other words if you want to walk in the blessing of God you're going to have to determine that you're going to have to be more positive than negative in your are. you remember Romans 3 says that we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God I'm going to remember that verse well when a person is a sinner and doesn't know Jesus they have what I call a bent towards negativity because of the sin in their life you see it for instance with the garden of Eden when Adam and Eve had sinned how did that happen when the devil tempted Eve what did she tell him She said, God doesn't want you to eat the fruit because God doesn't want you to be like him. In other words, the devil described God in a negative way, not a positive way, not a way that's pure and right. And that was the temptation. What resulted after they sinned? Adam says, Lord, it's that woman that you gave me. And the battle of the sexes started out. Negative perspective. The blessings all work within a positive forecast of faith. If you want to be blessed, you're going to have to have a positive forecast of faith. And if you do, God will come through and he'll bless you in a great way. I'll give you just a natural example of this. We all know about the light bulb. We all know about Thomas Edison. He failed over 1,000 times doing experiments to create the light bulb. But the reason why those failures were not final in his life is because he didn't look at it as a negative thing. He looked at it as an experience to learn the wrong way of doing things. If you learn the wrong way of doing things enough, you'll eventually discover the right way of doing things. I read a story of a a fellow working for a company, and his boss entrusted him with a deal and it was an investment of 12 million dollars and he went ahead and talked his boss into using this money for this or whatever and he took the money and invested it and the sad thing that happened was the investment was lost so the young man goes, comes into his office and says I'm just I'm, I'm resigning and, and the boss says why he says because I just lost you 12 million dollars and the boss pounds on his desk and he says you're not quitting because i just spent 12 million dollars teaching you what you need to know so that you can make me money later in other words the perspective was positive and not negative failure can be a negative thing in your life or it can be a positive thing that I'm learning something through this trial I'm learning how to believe God I'm learning more about this so that I can get the win and the victory in my life that God wants me to have can you say amen everybody so you got to be positive in order for you to receive these blessings amen turn to your neighbor right now and say that's got to be for you I must've, he must have got the letter that I talked about you this week praise God there's a power in this. Romans 6:16 6, says this, look at this verse. Do you not know that whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience or, or obedience leading to righteousness. What he's saying then is if you follow obedience, it's going to be a path, not a negativity, but a path of blessings. If you follow the way of disobedience, it's going to lead lead to a life of negative experiences because disobedience doesn't bring the blessing. Obedience brings the blessing. And I'm going to give you some things here tonight that I believe are the number one reasons in America we have so much division, we have so much hostility, we have so much anger in our culture now we have a divided country that we live in and i'm going to show you the reason why it's that way it's because of the perspective that people have and they're not doing what the word says matthew 19:35 or 18:35 jesus taught a parable about forgiveness and in the parable he takes a servant that owes his master all this money it's more money than he'll ever be able to pay off in three lifetimes I've calculated it and the master says I'm going to put you in jail and he begs for mercy and the master forgives him well he goes off and he has people that owe him money and they beg for mercy but he won't give them mercy then Jesus said that the person that does not forgive he'll hand them over to the torturer until they pay the last price what's he talking about he's talking about delivering you over to demonic oppression when a person walks in unforgiveness now look, put, the, put it up on the screen again that verse I want you to see how he describes it so my heavenly father also will do, do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses in other words love is a key here if you don't want failure to be final in your life you're going to have to walk in the love of God you're going to have to not only believe God but walk in the love of God in your life because if you don't God's going to have to allow oppression from demonic spirits in your life because when you go negative like that it opens you up to demonic spirits and oppression. in America today America is the most medicated culture in existence right now there are more people on drugs to go to sleep there's more people on drugs to cope with life than there's ever been in America before why because we are angry at everything we're angry at everybody and we're walking in unforgiveness not only in the church but outside of the church and that's why there's such an impression that is in our culture today the Bible said we're to love one another as Christ loved us Jesus loved one another, loved people before they ever even repented he loved them before they ever said Lord you'll be Lord in my life Think about the next time when your husband or your wife disappoints you or uh, your boss does something to you you don't like. We need to be a people of love and then failure will never prevail in our lives. But when we get out of the love walk, it creates a problem in our life that is overbearing and overtaking. Now, one of the issues that I've always dealt with forgiveness is this. How do you forgive someone that doesn't repent? How do you forgive someone that continually abuses you? How do you do that? Well, Jesus said it this way. He said, in a perfect world, when when one person does something wrong to the other and he says they're sorry, then you can have a reconciliation that occurs between those two people. But sometimes the other person won't say they're sorry. And therefore, we still need to offer forgiveness. But there isn't that measure of reconciliation that would be there if they were to turn from their sin. Are you listening to me so far? Now, the question is, how do I know then if I've really forgiven people in my life, how do I know that? How how do I know if it's not just in my head? Oh, I forgive you. Because Jesus said that if you don't forgive from your heart, it's not going to work. So how how do I know for sure that I have actually forgiven somebody that has wronged me? How do I know that? I'm going to give you the key to it. Ephesians says this be angry and sin not it's all wrapped up in the idea of anger if anger is prolonged in being angry it produces resentment and anytime there's resentment there's unforgiveness so if you get up every day and you're angry you're in a state of unforgiveness sure we should get anger from unrighteousness but we should not lose sleep over it and we should not be angry the next day and the next day and the next day and the next month and the next week we shouldn't be angry about it because if we get angry like that we have resentment in our hearts and demonic spirits will oppress you and you won't be able to sleep And then when you face a trial in your life and your failure will seem final to you because you won't be able to believe God. You won't be able to believe that God can get you delivered from this. You won't be able to believe that God can deliver you and set you free because you have this resentment inside of your heart and it's blocking you and God is allowing demons beings without bodies to torment you and that's exactly what's happening in America today everybody's angry about something we gotta walk in the peace of God we can't stay angry day after day after day after day after day it won't work you can't be angry day after day after day with your kids You can't be angry with your husband day after day or your wife day after day. If you do, you get this resentment inside of your spirit and it gives Satan legal access into your life. And you wonder why I can't sleep at night. That's because you've opened the door and the devil comes rushing in. Amen? Failure is never final for the person that walks in love because love never fails it's only when we get out of love that a Christian can fail at what they're doing if you can stay in love you can be successful and what is the byproduct of resentment murder you stay angry long enough you're going to end up killing somebody The murder rate in America went through the roof because we're angry or angry about this injustice, that injustice. And we should be angry about it, but we can't live in it. We can't live in it. What we gotta do is say, Lord, I'm gonna intercede for these people that are confused, and I'm gonna believe you that your love will be shed abroad on their heart. I'm gonna believe you're gonna open their eyes. My husband has been making dumb mistakes here and there. My wife's made, making dumb mistakes. Whatever it may be, and I'm not going to stay angry. I told him what I thought. I told her what I thought. And she don't see it. He doesn't see it. But I'm going to walk in peace. And I'm going to pray that your love will should be shed abroad in their life. You do that, and I don't care what you're going through. You'll never fail at it you only fail at it when you step out of love because this faith I'm talking about doesn't work without love you got to have love working with it or it won't work amen someone else are you going to help me out tonight say amen praise God oh me whatever it's important so this these trials that are overtaking many people are the byproduct of a lack of love And then there's another reason why demonic activity is so strong in America today. Luke 4, 18 says this, that trauma in people or a broken heart needs to be delivered by the Spirit of God. Look what it says. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to a broken to proclaim liberty to the captives. To recover the sight of the blind and to set liberty those who are oppressed. You remember Mary, who Jesus delivered? The Bible said she had seven demons. I'll guarantee you that those demons came into her life because she had emotional trauma in her life growing up at some time. Maybe her father molested her. Maybe she was an orphan there's no way you can get demons without some type of trauma in your life and we have a whole society that's trying to medicate the trauma rather than cast out the demons that bring the oppression and i'm not talking about people who have a chemical imbalance that needs a medication that's a completely that's a physical issue that's not a spiritual issue but i'm talking about the hundreds of thousands of people in america that are trying to medicate rather than just get delivered and that's why there's no peace that's why there's no victory and that's why trials it seems like whatever they go through I fail at it whatever I try to achieve I fail at it failure has a grip to it when you're oppressed to the enemy like that and so tonight as we look at this I want you to ask yourself this question have you had trauma in your life have you lost a loved one have you been through divorce? I met my sweetheart at 15 and a half. We got married at 19, and I haven't had that trauma. But I've ministered to thousands and thousands of people that maybe had the same story in the beginning, but ended up divorced. Husbands unfaithful, wives unfaithful, whatever disease sometimes break up relationships, and there's a trauma inside of them and the trauma is so bad that the anger and, the, and what happened to them is so severe that anger just it becomes huge resentment inside of them and, and it hinders them from what God wants to do and, and they try to forgive maybe verbally but they can't do it well the ministry of Jesus and the name of Jesus can break that heart that is oppressed but after you get released you got to walk in love or Jesus said once a demon comes out he'll return with seven more demons seven times as bad as it was before and when Jesus preached that he had delivered many people from a demonic oppression and he knew that if they went back to his you know they avoided his teaching didn't do it that something worse would happen to them and the same thing is American in the American church today. We got too many churches that don't believe in, in the devil and deme- demons. Religion says that doesn't fit in with our culture. Uh, so, you know because we magnify science, whatever. The reality is we're in a fallen world, and there are demonic spirits out there oppressing people. And only the name of Jesus, only walking in the truth, can set a person free. And we can't avoid that. And I'm not trying to put down any denomination but if we don't preach the whole gospel how are we going to deal with the adversary that comes at us and tries to oppress us if you had trauma in your life don't jump up and down if you had that hurt hurt so bad inside and you're so mad that someone did that to your kids without forgiveness without the love of God demons will keep coming at you the Bible says give no place to the enemy and how does it do it it says be angry and sin not and give no place to the devil he uses anger as the number one reason why we give place to the enemy why because anger breeds unforgiveness Are you following me? Amen. And what does it mean to give place? It means you give him legal access into your life, and even though you pray in the name of Jesus, you won't get the protection that you need because he's found a door into your life because you're not walking in the will of God. James 5.12, look at this verse but above all my brethren do not swear either by heaven or earth or with any other oath but let your yes be yes and your no no lest you fall into judgment we mentioned this Sunday but I mentioned it from the words of Jesus that anything behind yes or no comes from the evil one I bring this out for one purpose there's reasons why people are oppressed and one of the reasons is False vows. When I say swearing, I'm not talking about the F word. I'm talking about people who swear falsely. And they put themselves in a bondage that they can't seem to get free from. i give you a true story about a young girl. She grew up in a dysfunctional family and she got into witchcraft so she goes to this cult meeting and in the cult meeting she has to make a vow to the devil that she will never be committed to Christ she makes that vow and all of a sudden she finds herself oppressed by evil spirits to the point that is driving her absolutely crazy So she goes to church and no matter how much people prayed for him she couldn't get delivered until one day a pastor shows up and the Lord gave him a word of the knowledge and he says what did you say in that meeting to Satan? She said I gave him a vow that I would never commit myself to Christ and the preacher said I want you to confess that right now and ask God to forgive you. Soon as she did, he was able to deliver her, and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. She got blessed. She got touched. Why? Because that barrier, that vow that gave him access, was destroyed. Failure is not final when you operate in Christ's authority but there's areas that sometimes we open up to ourselves situations that we can't seem to shut the door on it are you with me so far? let me give you an example of this in a more practical way a dad gets mad at his sons and he says you are so stupid you will not amount to anything and the child accepts what he just said curse comes on that boy how many times has someone spoken to you things like that someone that you admired maybe they were frustrated and they said something to you and if you're not careful and you accept it you will then give legal access for the devil to come into your life and oppress you in that area something that simple but yet the devil will look for anything anyways in his host of demonic spirits will look for any access to oppress you and ruin your life because he hates the children of God any way that he can disqualify you for effective faith he will move in great deception to do it to you amen so don't ever tell your children I wish you hadn't been born Don't ever tell your children that you're never going to amount to anything. Never say that to your wife. Never say that to your husband. What you're doing is you are bringing judgment on your family and yourself and you're you're opening a door that should never have been opened. If we would have just walked in love, it never would have. And if you've already done it, ask God to forgive you for what you said. And if you've accepted what was said to you, ask God to forgive you and this brings me to a really hard area and that is marriage, when you get married there's a vow that you do better for worse, richer and poor, we all know it, right there's a vow what do you do when you break that vow I'm telling you how to be delivered I've dealt with many couples that are divorced and you can be free but you got to deal with the vow that you broke. you got to go to God and say, God, I broke this vow. I am sorry. I confess that sin, Lord. Remove that from me right now. Cleanse me from it, and then the Lord will be able to help you with the next relationship that you have or the next whatever. But if you just assume it's no big deal, it is. I've seen people been in situations like that tormented and tormented and tormented and tormented and then finally after the fourth marriage they finally got the revelation from this and realized that they've been breaking house for years and that's why they're having such a struggle right now amen God isn't looking for perfect people but he does want people that will admit when they blow it because he needs to cleanse you once he cleanses you then the angels can be about you once he cleanses you then when you offer up a prayer there's authority and power in it but you've got to be cleansed by the forgiveness of Christ by the blood of Christ and I know that when you come to Christ that all your sins are forgiven past, present, and future and in eternity you'll never give an account to one of those sins but what about the ones in this life that need to be forgiven not just in the life to come not not all who we are in Christ what about right here Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad you're getting a hold of this message tonight. Because I really believe this will help you. Now, let me take this a little bit farther. I've heard people in religious denominations say things like this I will never pray in tongues. I'll never pray in tongues. I'll never lift my hands on the Lord. I'll never clap. Do you know what you're doing? Even though you don't know what you're doing when you say that, you're making it next to impossible for you to receive the fullness of the Spirit because you're making these false vows that give Satan the access into your life to sink your ship and to take you under because failure is never final when you walk in his truth it's only an awakening of another door it's only another place to go it's it's, it's just a stepping stone to great success when you're in faith like this but if you allow these things in it'll mess you up let me give you another area that brings demonic access into your life Matthew 7, verse 1 and 2 put it up there. We could quote it, but let me just say it. Judge not that you may not be judged. For with judgment, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Wow. Do you know what that means? It means to the degree, the way in which you judge others, God will judge you. listen I know all about this because as a young preacher I thought I knew everything I was extremely critical about people's behavior and then I have started to discover that God was dealing with me very harshly every time I messed up he dealt with me very harshly and that's because I was dealing with other people harshly here's what I've done I, I see people do stupid things and I might say something like this this is what I would do if I was them this is what I do but I really don't know what I would do unless I was under that pressure I really don't know what I would do unless I'm tested with the same thing they're tested with all I can do is tell you what I I think I would do but I don't know for sure if I would if it was my marriage is going to fail because of this or that unless I did this that's judging in mercy we judge other families the way they raise their kids remember it will come back on you or we judge the way someone lives they don't live as holy as you are they don't have it all together maybe they smoke maybe they you know, do a little bit of this or that and, and we're really harsh on them I would never do that well now no, be careful because you're not in their shoes you don't know the pressure they're under you don't know the mindset they're under you don't know their upbringing you don't know where they came from people need to be judged in mercy that's why you have to consider yourself and put yourself in their shoes when you judge someone yeah my shoes are different I got my bills paid live in a nice house my wife's nice to come home to come on they may be in a completely different situation they may be married to the Antichrist himself they may be in great oppression and we need to be what we need to walk in love towards them and to try to help them and pray for them but not assume that don't judge with brashness or criticalness or harshness judge in love I had a guy that was healed at AIDS that went to our church and he used to drive me crazy because I'd come to church, this is in another building and he was always out in the parking lot smoking a cigarette before the service I said Jesus what's going on, come on I I, You delivered him from an incurable disease. (laughs) And he's out in the parking lot smoking. But I was young and dumb. I didn't know any better. I wasn't in his shoes. It takes time for people to change, they don't change overnight depending on the background they are how many follow what i'm saying here i'm talking about just love we're talking about love tonight that has faith in it that believes that failure can is never final with someone that walks in the love of christ someone that keeps believing god someone that keeps believing that god is merciful someone that keeps believing that god will help us with whatever we're going through in our lives And we would be that way. We could help the drug addict. We could help the prostitute. We could help the immoral person. We could minister to them. But because we get it all messed up, we don't always do that. And then we wonder why this hailstorm comes on us spiritually when we have not been kind to others. Turn to your neighbor, a few of them, and just say, I'm so glad that you're here tonight because I was going to talk to you about how you speak to me I want you to be sweeter now could you all relate we're all in the same boat I, I have days my wife says what are you, what's wrong with you I say what <laughs> what's the problem she said have you been listening to what you've been saying all day did you hear how you talk to my grandkids I said well what did I do and then she she's got a great memory (laughs) she can remember exactly what I did I said baby I'm sorry I messed up amen you know the first time you say you're sorry your pride gets to you and you don't want to say you're sorry I'm sorry but the more you do it the easier it is because you realize we're all sinners we all screw up amen if you're married today and you're with your wife give her a kiss right now and say i'm so glad i'm at the church service tonight come on i'm not hearing any i'm not hearing any kissing come on here's some kissing thank you jesus so we want to make sure then and i'm going to close with this that we do not allow these things in our lives or it's going to begin to hinder us going to be being hindered one of my favorite stories in the Bible is when Peter denied the Lord three times it's one of my favorite stories because at the end of that and Jesus appears to his disciples he says go tell my disciples and Peter and Peter why would he say that about Peter why would he say and Peter why would he mention Peter's name Peter denied him three times. Why would he do that? Because Peter understands something. A lot of people think that Peter had weak faith at that particular point. Peter had great faith. It was Peter that was in the middle of a storm and said, Lord, if you command me to walk on the water, that's great faith. It was Peter that was with his other brothers and said, let's call down fire from heaven. He was in faith to so call down fire. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I didn't come to bring judgment. I came to, to love these people and to win them to, win them to me. He was always the first to jump out in faith. He's, after the resurrection when Jesus appeared he was the first to jump out of the boat once he recognized it was Jesus and swim towards him. He was a person of great faith but how many know that when you're in faith sometimes you can experience disappointment much more than someone who's not if you're not believing for anything and you don't get it you don't get very little disappointment but if you are believing God for something great in your life and it doesn't happen right away it's one of the greatest disappointments you can see in your life but the great news is this it doesn't last that long because you're in faith And you step back into it, you get back into it and believe God again. That's exactly what Peter did. See, Peter, he denied the Lord all right, but he was a person of great faith. He just got the cart before the horse, and 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 when he saw Jesus go on the cross, and he's thinking to himself, this can't be the end of this. I've sell, sold everything I have to follow Jesus. I got rid of my fishing business to follow Jesus. This can't be how it ends with him on the cross. It can't be that way. His faith was crushed because he believed for so much. And so, you know, disappointment's normal. But let me just say this, and I'll leave you with this thought. I know what it's like to be disappointed. Everybody does, but there's always a greater disappointment when you're believing in faith for something and doesn't happen. It's greater. But I've learned how to bounce back. Here's what I've learned: It's like some an inward timer inside of me. I know when I get really disappointed about something or discouraged. I may complain for a few moments, but I know I can't stay in that state very long. It's like a deep well. If you get down in that deep well and you stay in that deep well too long, you begin to sink in the mud and eventually you get overtaken from it. So you can't afford to be down that long. You got to get back up and say, hey, I'm sorry I I was negative. I'm sorry I had a negative expectation and begin to believe God again. You do that, sure you may go through disappointment, but you'll bounce back. And when Jesus says, tell my disciples, he'll mention your name too. Because you're in faith. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River app, and our website at theriver.church. We're the River, and we're doing life together.